a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to today's episode of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Since we are smack dab in the holiday season, I was thinking about how a lot of people will be visiting their family homes or having people come to theirs, and so I thought we would do a home theme. I have no ado for today, so let's gather around the table and learn today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up today is, a man's home is his castle. This is generally used to mean that people should feel safe in their homes to do as they please. These days, not too many people live in castles, but the saying prevails. Now, some people may argue that you shouldn't really be able to do anything you want in your home, and that you should still have to follow laws and common decency, and therefore this saying is not accurate. However, once we look at the origin, I think you'll see that this saying isn't as controversial as it might sound. It was originally said as an Englishman's home is his castle, so I feel I can safely say this phrase came from England. The real idea behind this saying is that no one should enter someone else's home without permission. There are multiple uses from England in 1581 of the phrase, your house is your castle or his house is his castle. In old-timey times, it was mostly only men that owned homes, be they castles or straw huts and so that's why the man version of the saying was more widely used. Anyway, this long-held belief that you needed to be invited into someone's home became a law in the early 17th century. We find it in the Institutes of the Law of England from 1628, written by Sir Edward Cook, a lawyer and politician. In it, he wrote the following in Latin, but I'm going to read the English translation. Quote, For a man's house is his castle, and each man's home is his safest refuge. The idea and law was strengthened in 1763 when British Prime Minister William Pitt said, The poorest man may in his cottage bid defiance to all the forces of the crown. It may be frail, its roof may shake, the wind may blow through it, the storm may enter, the rain may enter, but the King of England cannot enter. End quote. So, really, this phrase was never meant to give people free reign to do illegal things in their home. It just gives them the right to choose who may enter and who may not. It really should be used more to say your home is your safe place where you only have to be around people you want to be around, and not that you can literally do anything you want. Now, let's move on. The saying, until the cows come home, is a way to say something will take a long time. The idea behind it is simple. 
Cows tend to wait to return to the barn until the end of the day, and they usually don't move all that fast while heading in from pasture. This has been a saying since at least the 16th century, as we find it in print in 1593. It was written in a French textbook called Orthoepia Gallica in 1593 by a man named John Eliot. I'm not certain who he was, as all the John Eliots I could find didn't seem to have been alive at this time, except for one, who was born just a year earlier in 1592. But here's what was written. Quote, I am tied by the foot till the cow come home. End quote. Another early usage was in a 1610 play called The Scornful Lady, written by playwrights Francis Beaumont and John Fletcher. They wrote, quote, Kiss till the cow come home. End quote. They also used it in another play called The Captain, but the exact year that was written is debated. It was sometime between 1609 and 1612, so it could predate The Scornful Lady by a year. Anyway, in this play, they wrote, quote, drink till the cow come home, end quote. So, as you can see, the early version of the saying was only about one cow, not many, but no one seems to know when or why it became a saying about multiple cows. There were other various uses of that saying over time, but one usage of it that probably helped cement it into the modern-day vernacular was from Groucho Marx. In his 1933 movie, Duck Soup, he said, quote, I could dance with you till the cows come home. Better still, I'll dance with the cows and you come home. End quote. Now let's be charitable. The saying, charity begins at home, means that you should take care of your family before helping friends and strangers. This one sounds like it comes from the Bible, and while the exact saying doesn't, the idea for it just might. 1 Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. In 1382, English religious reformer John Wycliffe wrote Of Prelates, and included, quote, Charity should begin it himself. End quote. Not quite the saying of today, but we're getting closer. In 1610, English satirist John Marston published a play called Historio Mastrix and wrote, quote, True charity beginneth first at home. End quote. Then in 1642, English polymath and author Sir Thomas Brown wrote Religio Medici, which had the following quote, Charity begins at home is the voice of the world, yet is every man his greatest enemy. End quote. So while we don't know exactly how old this saying is, it has been used as a biblical idea and in various English writings, and is not likely to go away anytime soon. Now I have a turn of phrases tidbit for you. To go big or go home means that you should try your hardest or don't try at all. There isn't much to this one, but it's quite popular, so I wanted to include it today. One theory is that it came from mogul skiing in the 1980s. Another is that it's from surfing. However, most likely it started as a slogan for a Southern California company that distributed motorcycle parts. 
One item they sold in the 1990s was called the Porker Pipe, which were oversized pipes for Harley motorcycles. They were going to use the slogan, Go Big or Go Slow, but decided that Go Big or Go Home sounded better. That's all I have for this one, so now it's time for today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Edith Sitwell. Here's what she had to say about home. Quote, Winter is the time for comfort, for good food and warmth, for the touch of a friendly hand and for a talk beside the fire. It is the time for home. End quote. Thank you, Miss Sitwell, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't hesitate to inconvenience yourself to give him a din all his own. He's really a good fellow and a lot of his worries will melt away if he has a place to himself for a while. When he is out, the den will be yours. And now for the men. Don't think it is undignified to give way where you and your wife think differently. If it is on a matter of principle, show her why you think as you do, and she will respect your reasons. But you must equally hear her reasons and respect them. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, may your home always be full of joy and love. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. Which is why the man version of this... I lost my place. A lawyer and politician. (laughs) I wrote pollution. Eh, Not too far off. (laughs) It was written in a French textbook called Orthea Epigalaca. <laughs> no, that can't be what it's called. So while we don't know exactly how the old how no 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 This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can
check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com.